0: Welcome back to another edition of the Wrestling Highlights of the Week presented by My Two Cents Podcast hosted by G2. I am G2. I am here to give you your Wrestling Highlights of the Week for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and Impact Wrestling. And before today's episode is done, I am going to give you my predictions for WWE's Payback, which will be happening tonight, and also AEW's All Out, which will be happening tomorrow. Now, to start us off, we'll talk about Monday Night Raw. Raw will open up with Sami Zayn going against Damian Priest. Priest would win the match by a pinfall thanks to JD McDonough interfering. Now, at the beginning of this match, they would say that Kevin Owens and the rest of Judgment Day would be staying in the bag because Sami and Priest wanted it just to be a one-on-one competition. But JD McDonough coming out here to help out Priest, that was not part of the plan. Uh, Sami will look to hit Priest with a Huluva kick jd would appear and swipe at sammy's leg this would catch the attention of sammy and this will allow priest to hit the south of heaven choke slam for the win after the match jd would get in the ring and raise the hand of priest priest will look at jd and shove him to the mat and priest is just yelling at jd saying i didn't want you here i don't like you i don't need you priest would leave the ring and jd would yell at priest trying to get priest's attention but once jd turned around He would see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the ring. Sami and Kevin would beat up on JD. Kevin would hit uh, JD with a stunner. Then Sami would hit JD with a haluva kick. And Priest would watch all of this from the stage. Not helping JD. As a matter of fact, he would watch the action go down and he would just walk to the back. Now later in the night, we would get a backstage uh, segment between the Judgment Day and Finn is just getting at Priest for letting... Uh, J.D. getting beat up and Finn's telling Priest, listen, J.D. was out there to help you because let's be honest, without J.D. being there, you would have lost to Sami Zayn. Now, we will still have Finn and Priest going back and forth with each other as they have done week in and week out. Rhea Ripley will have to cut the nonsense in between the two. And tell Priest and Finn they need to get their crap together because at Payback, they have an opportunity to bring gold to the Judgment Day because Priest and Finn will be teaming up to go against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Rhea Ripley would tell both of them that, listen, if Judgment Day doesn't end up with all the gold after Payback, there's going to be some changes being made. So we have that on the table. We probably could see somebody getting kicked out, but... I'll get in more into that, at least what I think is going to happen in my predictions at the end of the show, but I digress. Now, after this segment, later in the night, we'll get another segment between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and the main gist of that segment is for Kevin Owens to announce that at payback, it would be Kevin Owens and Sami going against Finn and Priest, but in a uh, street fight, a Steel City street fight, since they're in Pittsburgh. They have to name it a Steel City because Pittsburgh's named Steel City, so there you go. Um, after this, the Miz will come down to the ring and he comes out in LA Knight cosplay or costume. He has the gold chains. He has the glasses, the jacket, the t-shirt, the pants, the boots, the whole nine yards. And I'm going to say the Miz impersonation of LA Knight was almost on point. His let me talk to you was right directly on point. I mean, when he said it, I was like, oh, he really practiced that and he got it nail packed. But everything else you could kind of tell that he was mimicking uh, LA Knight. So again, the let me talk to you was on point, but everything else kind of missing a little bit here and there. Miz would cut the crap and go into talking about how LA Knight is just a, an imitation attitude era uh wrestler, a flash in the pan. Miz would talk about how he's going to face LA Knight at Payback and how Knight is going to lose to the Miz and how nobody would care about LA Knight after the fact. Because the people don't care about losers. And LA Knight will be a loser at payback. Now, after this, we have a tag team match. New Day going against the Viking Raiders with Valhalla in their corner. Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle would be around the ringside area to watch this match up here. I would like to say the New Day and the Viking Raiders and Valhalla, all five of these individuals, they would uh, wear armbands with Bray's name on it. Again, Raw still pay tribute to Bray Wyatt. They had a Bray Wyatt uh, tribute package on the show. They had a tribute package for Terry Funk, and they even had a tribute package for uh, Bob Barker. So Raw was still paying tribute to Bray Wyatt. Uh, I forgot to mention Kevin Owens. He would wear an armband. There'll be numerous of different people throughout the night wearing Bray Wyatt, like, armbands. Even the referees will be wearing an armband. Also, during that New Day, not New Day, God, the Judgment Day segment backstage, they will have like a Bray Wyatt t-shirt in the backlight looming. So they're still, again, paying tribute to Bray Wyatt. So that shows you how much Bray really meant to the WWE. I just wanted to get that uh, clear because I don't want to forget that. Now, getting to the New Day Viking Raiders matchup here, uh, the Viking Raiders would win their match by pinfall thanks to Drew's temper getting the best of everything. Because Ivar and Kofi would be battling outside of the ring, Ivar would hold up Kofi and throw Kofi into Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Now, this would make Drew irate and start throwing his and Riddle's chairs, and one of the chairs would hit Xavier Woods in the head, knocking him out of the match. So Kofi would be alone towards the end of the match, dealing with the Viking Raiders, and that would be the downfall of Kofi, because the Vikings would hit Ragnarok for the win, now, later in the night, we will get a backstage segment from uh, Kofi talking to Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre because Kofi comes out of the training room and Drew and Riddle want to make sure that Xavier was good. Xavier's still good. Xavier knows that Drew didn't mean to do this on purpose. Kofi knows Drew didn't mean to do this on purpose, so they would dap up Drew and Drew makes it known that next week. They're going to make the Viking Raiders pay for this. So we have our match set for next week. The Viking Raiders going against Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Now, the next matchup would be Ludwig Kaiser going against Chad Gable. Ludwig Kaiser would lose the match to Chad Gable by disqualification when Chad Gable would hit Ludwig Kaiser with Chaos Theory. And as the referees going and making the pin, uh Giovanni Vinci, he would come in the ring and break it up, making the referee call for the bell. So with the referee calling for the bell, this match goes to Chad Gable. After the match, you would have Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci beating up on Chad Gable. Otis would come in trying to even everything out, but to no avail. Imperium is just beating up on uh, Gable and Otis. Now you would have Gunther come out. Gunther would get in the ring. He would try to powerbomb Chad Gable. Gable would reverse it and lock into an ankle lock. Then it'll be a 3-on-1 beatdown on Chad Gable. And to finish it off, Gunther would finally hit his powerbomb on Gable and then hold up the Intercontinental Championship. So this is setting up for their match next week for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther going against Chad Gable. And we're going to have to wait and see if... Gable's basically going to beat Gunther because I think that's next week going to be the stretch of Gunther either being the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion or Chad Gable is going to kind of cut it like one day short before Gunther is able to uh, achieve that accomplishment. So we we'll have to wait and see on next week's episode of Monday Night Raw to see what will happen. Now, next up was Seth Rollins coming out here for an in-ring promo. Seth is wearing a Bray Wyatt armband, and he will do the yaoi uh in front of the crowd. Again, paying tribute to Bray. Seth and Bray, they had their... Uh, infamous feud with the whole Hell in the Cell business. Everybody hated that to them uh, doing their, I believe it was a last man standing match in Saudi Arabia and the Bray Wyatt winning that to become the Universal Champion over there. So, for Seth to do this, uh, have this moment right here in front of the crowd, it was great for that. Um, Anyway, getting to the reason why Seth is out here. Seth is out here to call out Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura would not come out. However, A video will play of Nakamura and Nakamura is talking about how he's planning on uh, beating up Seth, how he plans on hurting Seth, hurting his back at payback. And Nakamura plans on being the one to make sure that Seth is going to be helped out of bed by his wife. Um, Making sure that Seth is going to not be able to walk his daughter down the aisle later in life. Nakamura just planning on trying to break down. Seth Rollins at Payback and also take the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, once the video gets done playing, uh, Seth, he would turn from being uh, less childish to now be more serious. And Seth would ask, where's the old Chinsuke Nakamura? Where's the Nakamura that headlined Wrestle Kingdom? Well, he said the Tokyo Dome, but you know what he meant. Um, he would ask, where's the Nakamura that light the world on fire when he came down to NXT? Where is that guy? And as Seth was talking, uh, Nakamura, he would attack Seth from behind. He would hit Seth with a knee to the back, and Seth goes down. Nakamura would go up to Seth, hold him, whisper something in his ear, and then he would kick Seth in the face, and that's it. So again, this builds up momentum for their match with each other at Payback, and Shinsuke looks to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. Now, next on the docket, you have Tommaso Champa going against Bronson Reed. Tommaso Champa will win the match by pinfall by hitting a crucifix bomb for the win. Hard-hitting match between Tomasa Champa and Bronson Reed as usual between these two guys. Um yeah, no more no less. Next up, uh Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio coming down to the ring for in-ring promo. Rhea is out here talking about how she is the most dominant woman on the Monday Night Raw roster. She's a dominant woman in the WWE, how she is the WWE Women's World Champion. But she does give credit to Raquel Rodriguez for being strong, for being uh, tall. But she isn't Rhea Ripley. is just basically here trying to talk up her match with uh, Raquel Rodriguez at Payback. Raquel will come out. You'll get a brawl between Raquel and Rhea. Raquel will get the better of it. Hitting Rhea with a fall away slam. There would be a moment where Dominic would try to interfere in this, try to come in the ring behind Raquel, acting like he was going to do something, but Raquel would see Dominic and Dominic would like try to back off with his hands up in the air, trying to beg Raquel not to do nothing to him. This would allow Rhea to hit Raquel in the back, try to go for Riptide. Uh, Raquel would block that. Rhea would hip-toss, then Big Booter, and Rhea would roll out of the ring. So Rhea, right now, is looking worrisome of Raquel because Raquel is the only woman in WWE, at least on the Raw roster, that can give Rhea a run for her money for the WWE uh, Women's World Heavyweight Championship. And we'll have to see who wins at Payback. Now we go over to our main event, False Count Anywhere match between Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark. Zoe would have Trish Stratus in her corner and also Trish will be helping Zoe periodically throughout this match here. Becky would win the match by pinfall when she would hit uh, Zoe with a manhandle slam off of a crate through a table and cover Zoe for the win. Before that moment happened, you will have Zoe, Trish trying to hit Becky with a Stratus faction off of the crate Becky would counter it. Now you got all three of these women just brawling. Uh, Zoe would accidentally elbow Trish off the crate, and Trish would go crashing through the table. Um, this will allow Becky to hit the manhandle slam on Zoe, and that's how Becky got the win there. Um, as I said, Trish interfered a lot in the matchup here because Trish is trying to soften up Becky, but Becky was still able to overcome all of that, and Becky is the winner. Now, after the match, Becky started to break down because Becky was wearing a Bray armband. She would take off the armband and just raise it up in the air. She would look at it, and then she would start breaking down. I think the weight of Bray's uh, passing hit Becky hard at that moment. So you'll get the final uh, picture of Monday Night Raw with Becky just crying. And I think, again, that was a nice, solid way to pay tribute to Bray, and that was a nice, solid way to end Monday Night Raw on a nice, uh, somber note. So with that, that's your Raw Wrestling Highlights of the week. Which moves us on to NXT. NXT will open up with a steel cage match. The Creed's going against the Dyad. Now, if the Creed's win, they are reinstated back into NXT. Um, to start us off, the Creed's will get jumped from behind by the Schism's minions. Julius Creed would already be in the ring with the Dyad, while Brutus, he'll be attacked, and they will drag Brutus to the back, so... At the beginning of the steel cage match, you will see like it's a two on one assault, and Julius would hold his own, but the Diet would have the numbers too much until Brutus would start just chucking minions from the back onto the uh, entrance stage. Brutus would make his way to the ring, he'll tear off the steel cage door, he'll enter the ring, and now it's a standard two on two steel cage match. And the Creeds would win the match by pinfall by hitting a Doomsday device, but instead of Brutus hitting a double clothesline, Brutus instead would hit the Brutus Bomb or Brutus Ball onto both members of the Dyad because Julius was holding both of them up. And after this, you will see Julius and Brutus hit a sliding clothesline onto the Dyad to win the match. This was a great way to open up NXT with Julius... Beating up on both dyad members and trying to hold them off, you got to see some incredible things from Julius. You got to see him uh, perform a moonsault off the top turnbuckle like rope and land on his feet. You got to see him lock in a ankle lock and hit uh, James Drake with a one arm powerbomb. I'm gonna say right now, Julius and Brutus. I don't know what more else can they do in NXT. I really don't. I can see them moon on to the main roster. I can see right now, if they want to keep them in NXT, I can see them kind of like letting them do their thing as a team, but then periodically have like each member of the dot, not diet, uh, the creeds do their own thing. Like Julius go after the North American title or Brutus going after the North American title and have the other one go after the NXT world championship because Brutus and Julius, they are freak athletes. Those two are able to do things that you should not be able to do. Brutus in general, because he's a stockier type of guy. Still in good shape, but he's just stockier. Julius, he looks like he has the body-wise and the physique of a main eventer if they want to really have Julius be put in that main event spot. But again, that's into the future. But uh, the Green Brothers, they're in NXT now. They've been reinstated. Now, interesting note of this. Uh, Joe Gacy and Ava Rain will be outside of the ring watching this match. And once the Creed's won the match, you will see Ava just look at Joe and leave. Ava would leave the ring and walk directly to the back. So it seems that the schism is starting to really crumble here. We didn't get no backstage statement from the schism. We'll probably get some from them next week to show some dissension between this uh, dyad and the schism. But we'll have to wait and see. But the Creed's are in NXT now. Next up, we will have the Global Heritage Invitational. It would display what that means. We have two blocks here, Group A and Group B. In Group A, we have Butch, Charlie Dempsey, Axiom, and Tyler Bate. Group B, we have Duke Hudson, Nita Frazier, Akira Tozawa, and Joe Coffey. Now, in this Invitational, each person in Group A will have to face each other, same wise with Group B. And if you win your match, you get two points. If it ends in a draw, you get one point. If you lose that match, you get zero points. Now, the time limit for each match is 12 minutes. And the person with the most points in Group A and Group B, one singular person from each group, will face each other on September the 20th. And the winner of that match will be facing off against Noam Dar at NXT's No Mercy floor the Heritage Cup. So this invitation was all for that. And the first match of this invitation will be Charlie Dempsey going against Butch. Butch would win the match by pinfall by hitting the bitter end, so Butch now has two points in Group A. Now, after this, we have Ilya Dragunov coming down to the ring to give props to Trick Williams for going toe-to-toe with him last week, but now Ilya is putting his sights back on Carmelo Hayes and the NXT Championship, but as soon as he says this, Noam Dar will interrupt Ilya Dragunov. Noam Dar and the rest of his metaphor stablemates are up on their Perch They took the Toxic Lounge. So now it's their uh, little lounge up there. And Noam Dar would put the spotlight on himself and the Global Invitational because Noam Dar is someone that just wants the spotlight off for him. Noam Dar would tell Ilya Dragunov that he that Ilya is out here begging for a match with Melo and that isn't going to happen. He's a loser. Long story less long. Ilya will get tired of hearing uh, Noam Dar and Metaphor speak, so Ilya will look to leave the ring to join them up in their loft, but Metaphor would tell Ilya don't do it. It seems as if we're going to get an Ilya versus Noam Dar match next week, but nope. Oral Mensa. Oral Mensa would take the spot of Noam Dar because Oral feels that he owes Noam this, so he's doing this as a favor to Noam Dar. So Oral Mensa would get in the ring with Ilya. They would. Uh, battle with each other. Ilya will look to hit the torpedo headbutt, but Oral Mensa will slide out of the ring. So, we have that match set for next week on NXT. Now, I will be remiss if I did not mention this. They did play the Bray Wyatt uh, tribute here on NXT, and you got a tribute from uh, Joe Gacy. He wore a Bray armband, and later in the night, you will see Jack in his match with Eddie Thorpe. He would have hurt and heal on his gloves, which was a nice touch. So to see uh, NXT pay tribute to Bray Wyatt was a good feeling, as well as once they got done playing the Bray Wyatt tribute, the arena went dark. Their fans did the Fireflies uh, effect with their flashlight and their phones, raised it up in the air, and they even got a shot of Booker T and uh, Vic Joseph holding their phones in the air doing the exact same thing, and that was a nice little... Fitting tribute for Bray because Bray started out the character on NXT. Well, FCW turning into NXT. So them doing that, it was just a nice little uh piece for them to do. Now, sticking with uh stuff that happened backstage, Carmelo Hayes would walk over to Tony D'Angelo and Stacks, and now you have the meeting between the champions here, and then now a surprisingly appearance from the Street Profits. The Street Profits are here, they get props to Melo for defending his NXT championship last week. And Melo would mention how he still has one more thing to cross off his list because he wants to get that asterisk off of his record. And he's talking about the uh, win against Ilya at uh, Great American Bash. So you see Carmelo like walk away. And then later in the night, you get a backstage segment between Trick Williams and Melo. And in this, you see Melo starting to doubt himself. He asked Trick since he was in the ring with Ilya last week. Melo would ask Trick, What's Ilya like? Is he, do you think I could beat him? And Trick would tell Melo, Yeah, you can beat him. And now you just start seeing Melo more second guessing himself. Trick would ask Melo, Do you not trust my word? And again, it's all about Melo just not trusting himself. He's having some doubts because he doesn't like the asterisk. He's all about proving himself. To everyone, So it just seems like he had this big chip on his shoulder. And at the end of this, Mellow would ask Trick, do you think I can beat Ilya? And at first, Trick would just like pause for a second and Mellow just was waiting for an answer. And then Trick would say, I don't. And then Mellow said, you know what, that's all I need to hear. And he didn't allow Trick to finish off his statement. Trick would say, I don't think you can beat him. I know you can So, again, we're still stuck in this uh, situation of Melo just um, having self-doubt. And this is going to play into probably next week because I feel that after Ilya gets done with Oro, he's going to challenge Ilya to a match at no mercy for the NXT Championship in some type of stipulation match. That's where I think it might be headed. But we'll have to wait and see on next week's episode of NXT. Now, with that out of the way, we'll get to our next match here. Tag team match. Electra Lopez and Lola Vice going against Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan, Alexa Lopez, and Lola Vice would win the match by pinfall by hitting a tag team assisted roundhouse kick on Kalani Jordan for the win. And after this, you'll see Dana Brooke just like throwing a little fit because Dana Brooke is on the losing end and she doesn't like it. We're probably going to see something between Kalani Jordan and Dana going into next week. But as of now, uh, Lola Vice and Alexa Lopez won the match. Now, after this, we have Eddie Thorpe going against Dijak. Dijak will win this match by pitfall by hitting the cyclone kick after hitting Eddie in the head with his fist that was wrapped up in his belt when the referee wasn't looking because the referee had to take the chair that was introduced in this match out of the ring. Um, As I said, Dijak wrote hurt heel on the gloves, nice tribute. A solid match between Eddie Thorpe and Dijak That's all I got to say about that. Next matchup was Joe Coffey with Gallus in his corner going against Nathan Frazier. This is continuing the Global Invitational. And Joe Coffey would win this match by pinfall. Win. Nathan Frazier would miss the Phoenix Splash. This will allow Joe Coffey to hit a discus clothesline for the win. So Joe Coffey in Group B now has two points. Now we go off to our main event. Number one contenders, Fatal 4-Way match. Roxanne Perez going against Gigi Dolan. Going against Keanu James. Going against Blair Davenport. And surprisingly to everyone, Kiana James would come out the victor. Kiana James would hit a 401k on Roxanne Perez when Roxanne was trying to go at Gigi Dolan. And then Kiana would hurry up and go over to Gigi and hit her with a face buster to win the match. Now, as I said, this was a surprise to everyone because I'm going to just lay out a wrestling trope to you. When you are the champion, you're a good guy. You will usually face off against a bad guy or even a good guy. It's... Common for those two things to happen. But when you have a bad guy champion, it's a rarity. When you have a bad guy champion going against another bad guy, or in this case, a bad uh, girl or female going against another female character that's a villain. So we have next week, we have Tiffany Stratton defending her NXT Women's Championship against Keanu James, which I'm not technically mad at because Keanu James, she has put in some work. If you can go back to last year's uh, NXT where there was their last... Uh, pay-per-view, I can't remember what it was, but it was like that uh, King of the Mountain mixed in with the gauntlet match that uh, the women had and the men had. And Keanu James, she showed out in that. And she hasn't been able to show out as much as she was able to in that match from this year. So I'm glad that hopefully next week her and Tiffany were able to light it up in the ring and everybody will put more respect on Keanu James' name. Hopefully, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, to the surprise of everyone, Keanu James, she is going to be facing off against Tiffany for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, before NXT will go off air, we will see Carmelo Hayes walk up to Shawn Michaels' office, and Melo was watching a video that Wes sent in earlier in the night, and the gist of that video was that Wesley is blaming himself for beating himself and not Melo beating Wes last week. So Melo is still taking that as a chip on the shoulder, so you can kind of tell that Melo. Went into Sean's office and you can kind of see where this is going. He might want to match with Wes. But again, Melo's taking everything on his shoulders. He's taking everything as a slight. So I can see this becoming a complex for Melo going into next week and probably going into NXT's uh, No Mercy event. But we'll have to wait and see what came of Melo going into Shawn Michaels' office uh, next week on NXT. But with that, that's your NXT Wrestling Highlights of the week. Now, next up on the docket, AEW Dynamite. We will start off with John Moxley going against Commander with Alex Abrahantes in Commander's Corner. Moxley would win the match by submission by applying an armbar after a rear naked choke to make Commander tap out. Solid match to open up AEW Dynamite. And one thing I forgot to mention when I started off the Dynamite uh, review, um, Tony Khan did put out a tweet like an hour before Dynamite like opened up. He would state that he had to make some changes to The card, because of the hurricane that happened in Florida, some of the talent couldn't make it, as well as some of the talent paid their respect to Bray Wyatt or Wyndham Rotunda, Uh, the talent that didn't know him. They opted out not to show up on Dynamite this week, so that's the reason why the card got switched up the way it was. But AEW Dynamite still was a great card, as I'm going to read off the rest of the card here. Um, next up will be Chris Jericho coming down to the ring for his promo here. Jericho would talk about all the positives that happened at All In. Fozzie having a big show before the day of the event. Uh, Jericho wrestling in Wembley. Jericho wrestling against Will Ospreay, even though he didn't win. Jericho would say that he would like to talk to Sammy about the way he treated Sammy after the match, basically walking away from Sammy. So Jericho asked for Sammy Guevara to come out to the ring, and Sammy would. Jericho would apologize for the way that he acted towards them and... Thank Sammy for actually doing something instead of not doing something the way that Jericho thought he did, because Jericho mentioned that he would watch the match back and see Sammy hitting uh, Will Osprey in the head with the baseball bat when Jericho had him in the walls of Jericho. So he would apologize for that. Jericho would extend his hand. Sammy would uh, shake Jericho's hand. Then Jericho would start running down a list of things that he could have done or that things that could have happened to make Jericho win at. All in, he mentions how Sammy probably could have hit Will Ospreay a little bit harder with the bat. That's when Sammy would stop Jericho and ask Jericho to say that again, and Jericho would. And now we've started getting into throwing insults at one another. Sammy mentions to Chris that maybe if he would have thrown the Judas Effect a little bit harder, maybe he would have won. Now we got, as I said before... Jericho and Sammy start throwing at one another and you can start seeing the detention starting to get high between each other. And it even got to a point that Sammy says, I didn't know I was supposed to leave my wife, my pregnant wife in Orlando and fly all the way to All In, a show that I'm not even booked to be on, but to be in your corner to help you win and you still treat me like this. And now we got Jericho telling Sammy that maybe if you continue to listen to me, maybe you'll be wrestling on All In next year. And, again, you still feel the tension in the air. It's still thick, and you feel that we're going to get Sammy versus Jericho here, but no. Even though we were get to stare it out between Chris and Sammy, Chris would be the veteran, and he would try to de-escalate the tension between them, and Jericho would tell Sammy that, listen, we need to get back to what we are used to, and that's being a team, probably with former Less Sex Gods, and going after the AEW Tag Team Championships. So Jericho would tell Sammy, why don't we get back on that road next week as a team so again sammy's still looking at jericho jericho would extend his hand out sammy would shake jericho's hand they will hug and apparently they're a team for right now jericho and sammy is a team they're going against someone next week however later in the night sammy Guevara he would be having a backstage interview but he will be interrupted by don Callis, and it seems that don is trying to recruit sammy sammy cuts don off right From the Jump Street, he tells us to get out of here. He knows where his family uh, lies at. He doesn't want to be with Don. And again, I think ultimately, we're going to get Sammy Guevara with Don Callis, to be honest. Because again, if you see what Don Callis has done for the people that he's been managing, they got into big moment opportunities. Konosuke Takeshita. he's going against Will, not Will, God, uh, Kenny Omega at All Out. Will Ospreay, he just beat Kenny Omega after Door with Don technically in his corner. And also, he beat Chris Jericho with Don in his corner at All In, the biggest wrestling paid event in history. So, I can see Sammy probably leaning over into Don as Don tries to convince Sammy Guevara within the weeks to come on AEW. But, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Now, after this, we get... Our another match is for the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. We will have champion Eddie Kingston going against challenger Willa Yuta. Eddie Kingston would retain his championship by pinfall by hitting a half and half suplex, then two spinning back fist for the win. After the match, Claudio Castagnoli would appear from the crowd, walk around the ring, and help Yuta to his feet into the back. And Claudio would do all of this without looking at Eddie Kingston. Again, Claudio and Kingston they have a rivalry that dates way back in their time in Chikara, and Ring of Honor, and even the CZW. They've had this thing between one another, and it just seems it's going to continue to grow and grow, and I think there's going to come to a champion versus champion match between Claudio and Eddie Kingston. At least that's where I think that would make big bucks, but we'll wait and see as time goes on between the two. Next up, half the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, Adam Cole. He will come down to the ring here. Adam will talk about All In, from winning the ROH Tag Team Championships, then going into the main event, going after MJF, his best friend for the World Championship. Um, Adam will talk about MJF not being here. He's banged up. He has a little bit of a neck situation, but reassures everyone that MJF will be at All Out, where MJF and Adam Cole will be defending their Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against the winners of a battle royal that happens on Rampage. And I'll get to Rampage and who won that When I talk about Rampage. And as soon as Adam will mention this. Out comes Roderick Strong and the Kingdom. Roddy and the Kingdom will come to the ring. Roddy will start questioning Adam. For not worrying about his neck. But worries about MJF's neck. Then we get into this whole situation. With the Kingdom talking to Adam. About their gripe. And how Adam at one point. Was cool with them. Until he didn't need them anymore. And they will start just saying that's Adam Cole's trait. They will list How he did them in Ring of Honor as the kingdom. Then went over to Bullet Club so he could pat his wallet fat with merchandise money. Then when he was done using the Bullet Club, he would go over to Orlando, WWE, and surround himself with their friends. And he's talking about the Undisputed Era and how Adam used them so he could hold on to that championship for as long as he could. So we have this situation between the kingdom just basically just getting at Adam Cole because it seems this is what Adam is... Kind of been doing for his career. So Roddy would tell Adam that he's entering the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. There's going to be a tournament where the winner of this tournament will be facing off against MJF at the Grand Slam for the AEW World Championship. So Roddy's now entering this, and he plans on doing something that Adam couldn't do, and that's take the World Title away from MJF. Adam would tell Roddy that, listen, your neck isn't all the way healthy. I know that you know that you shouldn't be doing this. Roddy tells Adam, listen, I'm not like your pansy of a friend, MJF. I can wrestle with a bad neck, a neck that's not 100% or even 80%. I can wrestle because I am a wrestling legend, and I'm going to prove that to everyone. So you will see Adam just stand there as Roddy and the kingdom will leave the ring and Adam is just constantly saying, that's not me. You guys know that's not me. So now it's building more story from the kingdom and Roddy and MJF and Adam Cole. And if anything, I think mjf's probably going to listen to that. And he's going to hear that. And he's probably going to start ringing off on that just a little bit. Because MJF, he's a historian buff. He has watched old school wrestling. He knows how things work. So I could see him playing into that later down the line with Adam Cole, just kind of giving him the side eye a little bit with Adam's probably going to move a little bit shiesty to him. Adam Cole might take one little step moving. MJF might think that is completely a red flag and just might hold on to that world title just a little bit closer because he's already stated the ring of honor tag team titles. Yeah, they're great. They're Adam Cole's babies. That's what Adam Cole wanted, but he didn't really care about ring of honor. He cares about being the world champion in AEW, and he's got that. So I could see him at one point just probably moving away from Adam Cole, leaving Adam Cole to dry, and Adam Cole's going to defend the title by himself and then probably lose him. And then we're back to MGF and Adam Cole yet again, or even Adam being left by himself. But we'll wait and see as the story goes on, but I like where it's leading right now because it leaves a whole lot of possibilities of what could happen down the line. Now, next up, we have a trio's matchup. The TBS champion, Chris Statlander, teaming up with Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker, going against the Rose, Amy Sakura, and Marina Shafir. Chris Statlander, Sheeta, and Britt would win the match by pinfall when Chris would hit Saturday Night Fever, which is an inverted tombstone on Marina Shafir for the win. After the match, Ruby Soho would come in the ring behind Chris and hit her with No Future, which is a riot kick, a.k.a. when she was in WWE, then take the TBS Championship And go up the ramp with it. Now, the reason why Ruby did this is because Ruby is going against Chris Stanlander at All Out for the TBS Championship. So this is giving them some juice for their match at All Out. Next up, we've had the Acclaim and Billy Gunn, the new Trio Champions, coming down to the ring. And long story short, the Acclaim's out here to introduce everyone to their versions of the Trio Championships. Because they say the Trio's division have entered the House of Ass era. So the trios championships now have a uh, pink leather strap. And on the belt tips, you now have them make an incision. So now the belts can scissor because that's the whole Acclaims gimmick with the whole scissor me, daddy ass, scissor me deal. So now with that, the belts are now able to scissor with each other. So expect those probably to come out on AEW shop sometime within a couple weeks, to be honest, just so people can buy those things. How just you want to say this? Before I get off to the main event here, Billy Gunn has able to successfully be a part of two degenerate groups, if you really think about it. And I mean, be successful with it. Over in WWE, he was part of Degeneration X. Yes, Degeneration X was already a thing before he joined in. But just think of the heist that him, Road Dog, X Pac, Triple H, and China took it to in the Attitude Era. And now look at Billy Gunn's going over to the Acclaim. The whole scissor me thing is so juvenile, but it works so well with the acclaims whole shtick and him being called daddy ass i mean the whole thing works the whole representation the whole presentation if you will works together And billy gunn i think he's the only guy that has had two juvenile groups that actually work successfully and actually become like the biggest acts in their respective companies that he was a part of so congrats to billy something about billy being a part of your group when it's juvenile it just works Now, off to the main event for the international championship is Orange Cassidy going against Pentagon uh, Jr. I'm not going to say Penta El Zero Miero. That just sounds too much. I'm just used to saying Pentagon. So, Pentagon with Alex Abrahantes in this corner. Orange Cassidy would retain his championship by pinfall after kicking out of a fear factor. And Penta would look shocked at this. And then Orange would uh, take the opportunity to get Penta in a crucifix pin for the win. Great match between Orange Cassidy and Penta. As the match went on, you start seeing Orange Cassidy get more tired down, and his body starting to wear out. He's still wearing all the kinetic tape and all that. You can see it on Cassidy. So, yeah, he's going to have a hard fight at All Out because the winner of this match would have to face Jon Moxley for the International Championship at All Out. So, Orange Cassidy winning this, he now has to face Jon Moxley at All Out. So, after the match, Orange will get a mic and talk about how his body is getting tired and beaten up, but he is willingly defending the championship because this is what AEW is all about. It's all about being the best, and that's what Orange Cassidy plans on proving at all out against Jon Moxley, being the best. So, once Orange Cassidy was done, Moxley will come down to the ring. Moxley will get in Orange Cassidy's face. And Orange Cassidy, he would hit Moxley in the face. Now, Mox, he would just eat that punch because Orange Cassidy couldn't throw a better punch because, as Orange already said, his tire, ty- his body started starting to get tired and broken down. So, Moxley would eat the punch, he would flip the bird off at Orange, and then he would leave the ring, and that's how Dynamite would end. Now, with that, that's your AEW Dynamite Wrestling Highlights of the Week. Now, next on the docket, Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling will open up showing off highlights from their previous uh, pay-per-view that just happened this past sunday emergence and on emergence you had eric young defeating deaner in a no disqualification match you had killer kelly and masha slamovich defending and retaining their impact knockouts world tag team championships against the teams of the death dolls Jody threat and kylan king and Giselle shaw and savannah evans you had kenny king defending and retaining his digital media championship against johnny swinger you had the Rascals becoming the new Impact World Tag Team Champions by defeating Subculture. You had Eddie Edwards defeating Frankie Kazarian. You had Sonata beating Jake something. and the eight-man tag, you had Bully Ray, Brian Myers, Leah Rush, and Moose defeating Josh Alexander, the Impact World Champion, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and Kushida. And in that match, you had the return of Steve Macklin. So Steve Macklin is back in Impact and in the main event for the Impact Knockouts World Championship you had Trinity defeating Diana Barraza once again by submission so you will see the highlights that happened during that emergent show and then we will go off to Impact with the first match tonight being a knockouts battle royal where the winner will be facing Trinity at Victory Road for the Knockouts Championship and the winner of this battle royal would be Alicia when she would come into the ring sneakily in just eliminate both Kylan King and Jody Threat, where they were trying to eliminate each other. So Alicia would come in and just throw both of them out at the exact same time. Alicia, she kind of rolled out of the ring midway during the match. And after the match, you kind of saw the replay of it to allow people to see how Alicia wasn't eliminated um, earlier in, in the match and how she just basically played Possum outside of the ring and underneath the ring. So nobody would notice that she was still a participant in the match, which was smart. as usually a heel tactic that uh, bad guys do in the Battle Royals. So Alicia will be facing Trinity at Victory Road for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, the next match that did happen was Crazy Steve going against speedball Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey would win this match by disqualification in quick fashion. When, as soon as the bell would ring, Crazy Steve would try to go after Mike Bailey. Bailey would get some kicks off, but Crazy Steve would grab... Uh, Mike Bailey by the face and start gouging at Mike Bailey's eyes now as he does this he brings him into the corner the referee would start counting up to five because at the count of five you gotta let go and if not the ref calls for the bell wish that happened here crazy Steve didn't let go he would still try to gouge at the eye of Mike Bailey the referee rings for the bell and the referee would try to intervene the ref would tell crazy Steve to let go and even try to pull Steve off of Mike Bailey Steve would let go and then go after the referee. Then that's whenever you see Crazy Steve's former partner, Black Tarus, come in the ring and try to talk some sense into him. Uh, Crazy Steve wouldn't listen, and he would strike Tarus and then go after Tarus's eyes. Now, as he's doing this, security would rush down to the ring and get Crazy Steve off Black Tarus. Crazy Steve would then attack security guards, and then he would go after one of the guards' eyes and just start gouging at it. And this would have the other guards on shock and they would just stand around being scared because they didn't want to be next. Crazy Steve would let go of the guard when he got ready and then he would leave the ring and walk up the ramp. And this is just playing into the whole thing with Crazy Steve now because previous weeks on Impact, he did an interview with Tom Hagithan, uh the commentator, and he told his life story. He told how he's like partially like legally blind in his eyes and how, It was kind of difficult for him and his pains and his struggles. And he just wants to make everybody basically suffer the same way that he's been suffering. So that's Crazy Steve's mission right now. He's trying to make people suffer. So we'll have to wait and see what happens next week on Impact if this will continue going on. Now the next matchup was Khan going against Eric Young. Eric Young would win this match by pinfall by hitting a pile driver for the win. Next matchup. One Half of the Impact World Tag Team Champions, Zachary Wentz, with his tag partner Trey Miguel in his corner, going against Chris Sabin, who has his tag partner, the Impact World Champion Alex Shelley, in his corner. Chris Sabin would win this match by pinfall by hitting the cradle shock for the win. During this match, Trey Miguel would interfere. This would allow Alex Shelley to interfere as well and beat up on Trey Miguel, and even at one point, holding both Trey Miguel and And Zachary was basically together, so Chris Saban could suicide dive onto them. Now, with Chris Saban getting the win, this allows the Motor City Machine Guns to face the Rascals for the Impact Tag Team Championships at Victory Road. Now, after this, we have Kenny King and Sheldon Jean come in the ring for an in-ring promo. Kenny would downgrade the crowd and say they are looking at greatness. Kenny would list off the people that he has defeated to retain his uh digital media championship. He mentioned that he's defeated Joe Henry, that he's defeated Yuya Yoromura, that he defeated both Joe Henry and Yuya Yoromora at the same time. And at emergence he took care of that joke, Johnny Swinger. And he mentions that he attacked Johnny Swinger after the match to make sure that he and the rest of the crowd know that the Digital Media Championship or the DMC belongs to him. Kenny would mention even kicking Tommy Dreamer in the head when Tommy came down to check out on Johnny Swinger after the match. Now, this will have Tommy Dreamer come out and start talking about how Johnny Swinger got news before emergence that his father-in-law passed and how Johnny still wrestled even with that grief. Tommy would go into Kenny for once being a guy that would ask questions and ask for favors from legends, but now has turned into a pompous person feeling that he doesn't have to do this anymore. Kenny would retort and say that he doesn't care about Johnny's father-in-law. That doesn't mean nothing to him. And that Tommy Dreamer was once like Kenny when he was in Kenny's age. He would be in the spotlight having the moments. But the big difference is, is that Kenny has the experience and Tommy Dreamer still has that spotlight that Kenny wants. Tommy would then go off and just lay into Kenny King and basically mention how this year has been a tough year for Tommy, mentioning that he lost his mother He's been diagnosed with skin cancer and just losing Terry Funk, who was just like a wrestling father to him. So Tommy would say and tell Kenny that he is willing to put his career on the line against Kenny King for the digital media championship because he wants to do something for Kenny. If Kenny can beat him. So that match will be made official title versus career. And that match will happen at victory road. Now also what will happen at victory road is that Jordan grace will be making her, uh, Return back to Impact Wrestling and Deanna Purrazzo, she's sick of Jordan Grace constantly getting in the spotlight. Again, someone getting spotlight here, and someone not liking it. Deanna Purrazzo would challenge uh, Jordan Grace to a match at Victory Road, and that would be made official. So we got that to look forward to. Now, we go off to our main event, six-man tag. We have Brian Myers, Moose, and Eddie Edwards going against Frankie Kazarian, Jake Something, and Sonata. Jake-something, Frankie Kazarian, and Sonata would win the match by pitfall when Jake-something would hit into the void or the black hole slam on Brian Myers to win the match for his team. So, Jake-something, he bounced back from his loss against Sonata at Emergence, and it seems that they want to do something with Jake-something because after the match, you saw Dango and Johnny Bravo looking at the backstage monitor at Jake-something, so Jake-something and Dirty Dango's whole business that they have isn't finished yet, but again, we'll have to wait and see what happens next week on Impact, and that's about it. So with that, that's your Impact Wrestling wrestling highlights of the week. Now next up, SmackDown. SmackDown will open up with John Cena. John Cena will come down to the ring, and John is feeling the thunderous applause from the people because John has been the face of WWE for the past, what, 20 years? So they have respect for John, and anytime John's Been around in WWE, at least now coming back from his Hollywood stint, the fans always love him and they're always going to show him that uh, respect that he's earned for the past 20 years. So John feels it. And when he gets the mic, he would thank the people. John will tell, well, talk about how every time he enters the ring, he's going to give back to the people. John talks about how he will be around for months. And I think this is because of the strike that's still going on with the actors, even though they're kind of leaning up on that a little bit here and there. They're not going to tell you that, but it's. Secretly starting to lean up here and there. Um, but John's gonna be around for the next couple of weeks of SmackDown. Uh they even have his schedule out for how long John's gonna be around on SmackDown, so expect for him to be around for some time. Um, he talks about how he will f- have his first ever match in India within the following months to come and he will be hosting payback. Uh John will talk about how tonight is gonna be epic. He will run down the card and Out will walk Jimmy Uso, who is now sporting a new theme, and it's kind of similar to Roman Reigns with the piano playing in the background, but unlike Roman's, um, Jimmy actually has lyrics to his, so Jimmy would come to the ring, the crowd would chant, they want Jay, Jimmy would ask John what's he doing here, Jimmy would say that the people want to hear from a star, and that they wanted to know why he did what he did to his brother, Jimmy would insist that he was trying to save his brother from becoming Roman Reigns and from becoming like a John Cena. And Jimmy would say that Roman and John are basically the same person, that they just take, take, and take. And that the only difference is John does his with a smile. John will hear it. John will tell Jimmy that he wanted to tell him this, and he been wanting to tell him this for the last three years. And it's the fact that the wrong Uso quit. So Jimmy would act like that insult didn't land and he would try to like leave the ring, but only to try to sneak attack John with a super kick. But John would catch it and did the attitude of judgment on Jimmy. And that's how we end the segment here. So John stands on top. He gets the better of Jimmy. And later in the night, you will see Jimmy walk backstage. He's uh, being disrespectful to an employee. Then you see him walking backstage to Adam Pierce's locker room as Adam is talking to Mia Yim and Jimmy would just be disrespectful he would say you wanted to talk to me and Adam would say you see me talking to Mia what are you doing and then Jimmy would say well you came and wanted to speak to me so what's up so Adam would say this is the reason why you're being disrespectful you're being disrespectful to the fans you're being disrespectful to the uh, locker room you're being disrespectful to the employees here what are you doing this is the lifeblood of WWE what are you doing Jimmy would just dismiss that and be like, So that's all you want to call me about? Yep. And then that's it. So later, me and Yim will go over to the Good Brothers and say that uh, Jimmy disrespected her. And the Good Brothers would try to dismiss that and say, Listen, don't worry about that. You shouldn't be getting to that whole bloodline stuff. That's already too much crap. AJ will hear this. He says, No, I'm going to go handle this because this isn't right. So you will see Jimmy about to leave the arena. AJ will walk up to Jimmy and say, Yeah, you're leaving. Go ahead and leave. Nobody wants you here. Jimmy would ask AJ, what's his problem? AJ would say that you disrespected Mia and he didn't like it. So Jimmy would ask AJ, what's he going to do about it? AJ would push Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. He would pop AJ in the back and knock him down. And then he would look at Jimmy and Solo would tell Jimmy that you don't leave the blow line. We tell you when you leave. Jimmy would just get up, look at Solo, and tell him, I do what I do. And then he just, like, leave the arena. Or at least that's what we think. Because that will come into play later in the night. Because AJ will be going against Solo in the main event. And I kind of can guess you already know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you when I get to the main event. Now, out of all that, we we'll get to our first match of the night. Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar with Selena Vega in their corner. Going against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Grayson and Austin Theory would win the match by pinfall. Grayson and Theory were outside of the ring. Ray and Santos would look like they're going to hit some type of outside dive, but Theory would run in the ring and look to hit Ray, but Santos would push Ray out of the way, and Theory would chop block Santos. Now Ray would get on Theory's shoulders, and both men would fall out of the ring. This allowed Grayson to hit a rolling stunner on Santos to win the match. So now Theory has some momentum going into his payback United States Championship rematch against uh, Rey Mysterio and Grayson Waller. He has some juice because at payback, he'll be uh, have hosting the Grayson Waller effect with the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So it was a good night for Theory and Grayson Waller. Next on the card, we have Bobby Lashley coming down to the ring. Bobby will say that everywhere he goes, everyone is asking him the same question. What is Bobby doing with the Street Profits? And the simple answer is... Real recognizes real. So these three are just here as a collective and they're just here just to basically try to prop each other's game up. So, with Bobby saying this, that's when the street prophets would come to the ring. The prophets would tell Bobby that they are grateful for Bobby for showing them the bigger picture and for making them the hottest that they have been in a long time. So, the prophets would tell Bobby, Thank you for that. Bobby would say, Now that everybody's here, he wants to get this mission out, and the mission is that they want to dominate everything. They want power, and they want the championships, so you already know what's coming up next. Once Bobby and the Street Profits will make this announcement, Bobby and the Street Profits will leave the ring, and as they're walking up the ramp, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would walk out. Sami and Kevin will look at the Profits and Bobby and Bobby and the Prophets will move out of the way so Kevin Owens and Sammy can have their tag team matchup against LWO's Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, who will also have Selena in their corner. Uh, Sammy and Kevin would win the match by pinfall, with Sammy hitting Cruz with a haluva kick, and Kevin Owens following it up with the stunner to win the match. And after the match, Sammy would cut into the Judgment Day saying how at payback is not going to be a fun night for them. Is going to be a hard night because Kevin Owens and Sami are still going to walk out the undisputed tag team champions. So there you have it there. I have a feeling that that probably might be the case. And we're probably going to get the Street Profits going after, uh, well, Kevin Owens and Sami. Because they already made their mission pretty clear. They want championships and they want power. So I think that's what we're at next, to be honest with you. Now, after this, we get The Miz coming down to the ring. The Miz will talk about his upcoming match with LA Knight at Payback. Miz will state that LA Knight isn't a star and he isn't the caliber of star than the Miz is or that the Miz was even 10 years ago. So when Miz says this, LA Knight will come down to the ring and start talking to the Miz. And let me just make this short and sweet for you. The gist of this conversation between LA Knight and the Miz was to hype up their match at Payback. But it also was to get some clarity to LA Knight, at least from Miz's vantage point. Because if L.A. Knight doesn't beat The Miz, L.A. Knight will be presumed again as a failure, as he has been for failing in entertainment, for being on TV shows, for being on reality shows, and he'll be failing in wrestling. So that's the whole gist of this here. It's time to put up or shut up for L.A. Knight at payback. At least that's in Miz words. And to be honest, this confrontation seemed a lot like Austin Theory, John Cena, like their whole story from WrestleMania, at least in the build-up for it, because at that time, if you watch WWE at the time of WrestleMania, uh, John Cena was telling Theory, listen, dude, no matter if you no matter if you win or lose, it's all to you to put up or shut up, because if you lose against me, you lose everything. But if you win, you have to follow up and you have to follow up in a big way. So that's what is going on here with Miz and LA Knight, to be honest, because if LA Knight loses to Miz, he proves to Miz that he's a failure. And that if he beats The Miz, he has to follow that up with something big. So, LA Knight's up to that task. LA Knight would say that The Miz, he strolled in into WWE uh, after a reality TV show with success and just rode the elevator to the top while he did every dirty work, was like the common man, casting checks at the pay loan places. And again, solid, simple promo from LA Knight. Nothing hard, nothing difficult. Telling exactly what every independent uh, wrestler that gets signed to WWE, uh, how their story goes. But it's just that LA Knight's just on a hotter stratosphere than a lot of the independent stars that get cool called up, to be honest. So, again, simple back and forth between Miz and LA Knight. Um, as soon as LA Knight says that he's going to prove a payback that it always and forever will be his game, and has people saying LA Knight, Miz will try to get a cheap shot, Knight will duck it. Knight will grab Miz's suit. And this will allow Miz to chop block uh, Knight in the throat and then hit the skull crusher finale. So the Miz comes out on top of this. So again, this gives Miz momentum into his match against LA Knight at payback. And that's it for this segment. Next up, Shotzi Blackheart going against Bailey with damage control in her corner. Shotzi would win the match by pinfall thanks to Charlotte Flair coming down to the ring. Bailey wanted to use Eos... Championship to hit Shotzi, but Charlotte would come to the ring and boot Io, thinking on the apron. Now the referee didn't see Charlotte get on the apron because the referee was busy with Dakota, who was on the apron looking to hit Shotzi, and the ref would miss seeing Charlotte hitting Bailey in the head. This allowed Shotzi to then go over to Bailey, hit a fisherman DDT for the win, and this set up for next week's match of Bailey and Io going against Shotzi and Charlotte Flair. Now we we'll go off to our main event. AJ Styles going against Solo Sokoa, who will have Paul Heyman in his corner. Solo will win the match by pinfall thanks to Jimmy Uso interfering when AJ was looking to hit the Phenomenal Forearm, but Jimmy would appear and get on the apron and swipe at AJ Styles' legs, making AJ hit the top ropes. So when AJ does this, this allows Solo to grab AJ, hit him with the Samoan Spike to win the match. Now after the match, Jimmy would come in the ring behind Solo and hug him. Solo will look at Jimmy and quickly grab him by the throat. And he was looking to hit the Samoan spike, but Paul will tell Solo, don't do it. Solo would let go of Jimmy and then leave the ring. Jimmy will look at Solo, then he will look at AJ again to his feet, then he will hit AJ with the super kick, then followed up with the Uso splash. Now, Solo and Paul Heyman they will watch from the ramp and they will see Jimmy looking back at them, and Jimmy will throw up the one, so it seems that Jimmy is about to at least. In this way, realign back with the blow line. We're going to have to wait and see how that goes. But with that, that's your SmackDown Wrestling Highlights of the Week. And now we move over to AEW Rampage. Rampage will open up with a Tag Team Battle Royal, where the winners will be facing Adam Cole and MJF at All Out for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. The Dark Order would win this Tag Team Battle Royal. And... It's not something that anybody expected the Dark Order to do, to be honest. I don't think anybody expected the Dark Order to win this matchup here. Everybody probably expected Ozzy open, or probably even the best friends, or maybe even, to be honest with you, probably the Hardys. But nope, the Dark Order won this. So the Dark Orders will be facing uh, MJF and Adam Cole at All Out. And after the match, Ozzy open, they will walk up to Chris Jericho and attack him. Sammy Guevara wouldn't make the save, sending Ozzy open. Retreating. So expect probably Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara to go against Ozzy Open at AEW Dynamite next week. Um, next matchup will be Nick Wayne and El Hio Vikingo going against Kip Sabian and Gringo Loco. Vikingo and Nick Wayne would win the match by pinfall when Vikingo hitting Gringo Loco with a 630 Cent on after Nick Wayne took care of Kip Sabian with Wayne's World. After this match, we have Hangman Page going against Brian Keith. Man Page would win the match by pinfall, hitting the Buckshot Lariat. It was good to see Brian Keith here, if people don't know who Brian Keith is. Brian Keith was a wrestler that Booker T trained in his uh, developmental, well, I will not say developmental, in his own promotion down in Houston, Texas, to reality wrestling, and Brian Keith has been expanding his horizon. He's been around uh, America at different independent shows, and I believe he's now going to pro-wrestling Noah sometime soon. So, it was great to see uh, Brian Keith here. Hopefully, we get to see more of him in AEW or at least another show. That's what I'm hoping for. But either way, back to Rampage. And then we go to our main event, Anna Jay and Taya Valkyrie going against Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Sky Blue and Willow would win that match by pinfall when Sky Blue would hit Cold Blue on Anna Jay for the win. Now, with that, that's your AEW Rampage Wrestling Highlights of the Week. And now it's time to get on to my predictions for this upcoming weekend's pay-per-views. Tonight, the time that you listen to this show, is going to be payback. And let's get on with the payback wrestling predictions. We'll go off with Becky Lynch going against Trish Stratus in a steel cage. I think to finally blow this off, we're going to have Becky beating Trish. That's I would think it's the proper way to do it. If they have Trish beating Becky, I don't know where to go with this, to be honest. Because I don't think Trish is going to be around around like that. Um, so I'm going with Becky. Street fight for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Kevin Owens and Sami going against the Judgment Day. I think Kevin Owens and Sami is going to win. And I think that's going to cause some more dissension between the Judgment Day. Because as Rhea already stated. If the Judgment Day doesn't come out of payback with Championship Gold. Then it's time to make some changes. And Damian Priest already told Finn that he can win championships and he lifted up the money in the bank at that time. So I probably expect again, Kevin Owens and Sammy to probably lose because of some dissension between Finn and priest. And I can see priest even trying to cash in the money in the bank later, but I think Finn might try to ruin that, but I hope they don't do that. To be honest, I hope they continue with the uh, judgment day, having some dissension. And then even might come to Rhea Ripley, trying to make some uh, changes on raw, but That's what I'm hoping for, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. And speaking of Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley going against Raquel Rodriguez. I think Rhea's going to retain her championship. I think Rhea and Raquel's going to have a nice, lovely uh, women's matchup here. But Rhea's going to win. Rhea's going to win. I think they're going to have Rhea kind of chop block Raquel in her bad leg situation or try to re-injure Raquel. And this can probably set up Rhea going against Liv Morgan, to be honest with you. But yeah. Rhea Ripley beating Raquel in a nice lengthy women's championship match. Uh, for the United States championship, Rey Mysterio going against Austin Theory. I have Ray retaining his championship because I want Santos to take the title off of Ray. Because here's something that I don't think people caught on SmackDown. The LWO, when Santos uh, and Cruz and Joaquin Wild and Selena Vega came out, they came out to the LWO's theme. They came out to their Titan drawn. And Rey Mysterio, he didn't come out to the LWO's Titantron. Rey Mysterio came out to Rey Mysterio's music and Rey Mysterio's Titantron. And the funny thing was, Rey Mysterio was the one that brought back the LWO. And for Rey not to come out in the LWO theme in Titantron, I think it probably will lead some credence to Santos probably wanting to stab Rey and kick him out of the LWO because Rey wants to be his own entity. And he is his own entity because he is a legend. Let's be honest. But I can see Santos being the one to basically stab Ray in the back, take over the LWO, and add more uh, Lucha Libre uh, wrestlers in whenever he kicks Ray out. At least that's my vision for it. But we'll see if that happens. But Rey Mysterio beating Austin Theory. That's why I go. LA Knight going against The Miz. I think LA Knight is the one to do it. Because if you have The Miz beat LA Knight, you're just killing LA Knight's momentum for what? It makes no sense. So I don't think WWE is that naive to do that one at least in this situation here. And it isn't like they haven't done it before, but in this, it would just make no sense for them to kill LA Knight. So LA Knight to win. And now time for the main event, Seth Rollins defending his wide championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I think Seth's going to retain it. If they have Shinsuke win it, I'm not going to be mad at it because as I said before in previous episodes, Shinsuke hasn't been this uh, cared for since his tag team with Rick Boogs and just to see Nakamura get this level of importance back to him and what he's doing, it's great. Uh, Seth Rollins is walking in with a bad back, as we all now know, because Shinsuke basically letting everyone know this. I think Shinsuke is going to go after Seth's bad back majority of the match. Seth's going to fight through it and somehow get, I believe, either the curb stomp to happen, but you got to remember the curb stomp requires you to jump up, and that affects your back as well with it, so I'm not certain if you're going to be able to pull it off as well as we all want the curb stomp to pull off. I know Seth can do it, but I think just in character and keeping up with the whole bad bag situation, I think Seth might not pull off the uh, curb stomp. He might get him in a uh, roll-up or inside cradle pin. At least that's the way I would see it, but I see Seth winning it, but if they have a Nakamura win, I'm not going to be mad at it, to be completely honest with you. And if they have Damian Priest cash in, which again, they alluded to, I see Finn probably interfering that costing Damian Priest, and Seth still retaining the World Heavyweight Championship, to be completely honest. But we'll have to wait and see at payback tonight. But that is your payback predictions. Now moving over to AEW uh, All Out predictions the following night on Sunday. Uh, the TNT Championship, Lutrasaurus going against Darby Allen. I have Lutrasaurus retaining this only because of one thing that I want to see happen. I want to see Darby go against MJF at full gear for the AEW World Championship because I think Darby should be the one to take the title off of MJF because they can incorporate a lot of things with MJF and Darby Allen their whole story of 2 years ago MJF and Darby starting off all not all out god full gear and having a good match and that was the beginning of the whole headlock takeover uh business between the two and they brought that back even at this year's Double or Nothing because Darby was constantly trying to beat MJF with the headlock takeover. So I can see Darby and MJF running that back and this time for the AEW World title at full gear if they want to play that. But that's the only reason why I want Luchasaurus to retain a TNT title. And also, Chris Christian Cage holding the TNT title is great. He's a great villain. So having Christian still hold the TNT title and try to proclaim that he is the champion, it just makes... A lot of sense, and it makes great television, to be honest. Next up, Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, I see Miro winning this. Powerhouse, I love Powerhouse. He was the guy that I wanted to be highlighted a lot this year. So um, for him to get this match against Miro, that's going to be a great look for him. However, Miro hasn't been on a pay-per-view in what I think legitimately since All Out last year. And for Miro to be back here in a pay-per-view spot, I think Miro's gonna beat Powerhouse Hobbs. And I think they're still gonna have a great, like, big guy versus big guy style match. But I've had Miro winning this. Chris Dadlander defending the TBS title against Ruby Soho. I have Chris retaining. Chris hasn't done enough with the TBS championship, especially since she was the one to beat Jay Cargill for the TBS title. I think Chris needs to hold on to it. Make a long, lengthier reign, have the TBS title feel important. I think her and Ruby are gonna have a good match here, but I just have a feeling that Chris is gonna retain it. If they have Ruby win it, again, this is another Shinsuke Nakamura situation. I'm not mad at it because then you will have the story of the outcast having two members, uh, holding championships and Tony not, and that could really be the breakup of the outcast, have a nice, uh, dramatic segment between the outcast of Jim just breaking up, but I have to wait and see about that. Now, on to Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, I have a feeling that Kenny's going to win this since Takeshita beat Omega at All Out. I think this is Kenny Omega's time to get the uh, win back. So that's the reason why I'm going with Kenny Omega. Bullet Club Gold's uh, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, J.Y. Juice Robinson going against FTR and the Young Bucks in an 8-man tag. Um, we just had Bullet Club Gold beating the Golden Elite at All-In. And now we have them basically running it back, but this time with a different team of the Young Bucks, and now including FTR. I'm still going with, you know what, I betted against FTR at the last pay-per-view, and I'm going to do it again. Bullet Club Gold. I have a feeling that Bullet Club Gold is going to beat uh, FTR and the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks, they didn't shake FTR's hand, and they said they were not. They didn't shake FTR's hand at All-In because the emotions were high. They just thought they were going to win. I think they're going to be more villains towards FTR because FTR has something that the Young Bucks want. And I think there's going to be the root of jealousy to still brewing between FTR and the Young Bucks to continue that tag team rivalry that FTR and the Young Bucks want to have legitimately. But yeah, Bullet Club Gold winning is not a bad look. It will do great for Bullet Club Gold. So I'm going with them. Uh... Adam Cole and MGF versus the Dark Order. I think this is an easy slam dunk. Adam Cole and MJF. If they lose to the Dark Order, I'm going to be questioning all wise. Because they just won it. It's quick for them to lose it. You got a nice lengthy story to still build between Adam Cole MGF, The Kingdom, and Roderick Strong. You still got some time to build more onto that. So I think this is one of the easiest predictions right here. Adam Cole and MGF to beat the Dark Order. But I expect the Dark Order to have a good match with Adam Cole and MJF. Um, Samoa Joe going against Shane Taylor for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. You know what? I want to go with Shane Taylor. I want to go with Shane Taylor here. I like Samoa Joe, but Shane Taylor he's been a guy that I've liked for a long time on Ring of Honor. He was a guy that I wanted to see on Ring, not just Ring of Honor Television, but AEW Television. And for him to get this spotlight on him at All Out against Samoa Joe I think Shane Taylor is going to pull out everything that he can, and hopefully he beats Samoa Joe, to be honest with you. Samoa Joe, he's been a solid TV champion, but I think the TV title needs to go back to Shane Taylor, and Shane Taylor needs to just start beating up on people. And with Samoa Joe being on collision, I think Samoa Joe can go after another championship, probably even an international championship. That's just my thinking. Um, Tag team matchup. Eddie Kingston and Kessio Shibata going against... Claudio Casignoli and Wheeler Yuta. You know what? I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston and Shibata here. Uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, they had a nice all-in moment, but they didn't end the up winning. I think that's going to continue on. I think Eddie and Shibata is going to beat the uh, Blackpool Combat Clubs, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, and this could set up for uh Claudio and Eddie Kingston to have a title versus title matchup at a full gear at a Wrestle Dream, by the way, which is AEW's newest pay-per-view, will happen in October. So I could probably expect that match to happen there. And if not, they could build us up to final battle between Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli. But we have to wait and see for that. But that's the way I think about it. And off to the main event, I think, which will might be the main event, to be honest, Arsh Cassidy going against John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. And you know what? I say we need to probably give the belt to John Moxley. John Moxley uh, has proven to be the face, legitimately the face and heart and soul of AEW. Um, him beating Orange Cassidy, I don't think it's going to be bad for Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, he's already said that he's been broken, battered, and all this stuff. All in all, and for John Moxley, one of the sickest guys and one of the most brutally like brawlers and also like, uh take-you-apart-piece-by-piece piece type of guy, he, I think, will be able to take the title off of Orange Cassidy, but I think he might do it and then like give Orange Cassidy some respect after the match. Because I don't think Jon Moxley hates Orange Cassidy. I think that he just wants to beat the piss out of someone, and then once he gets a great fight from them, he'll show them respect. And I think Orange Cassidy is going to give Jon Moxley a great fight at All Out. And... Orange Cassidy is going to get John Moxley's respect. So, John Moxley taking the title off of Orange Cassidy. And we could probably even get some Joe versus John Moxley. Who wouldn't want that? So, yeah. John Moxley winning the AEW International Championship. Have John Moxley start building up the AEW International Championship off of the work of a pack and off the work of Orange Cassidy. He can start defending it everywhere with John Moxley showing up at mad different independent shows. And he could just start defending it there, there, and there. So yeah, John Moxley take the title off Orange of Cassidy, and tonight on Collision, I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. Ricky Starks is supposed to challenge uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat to a strap match, at all out. I'm not certain that's gonna happen because Ricky Starks check going against Steamboat as an old man in uh, a strap match. I don't expect it to happen. If we do get CM Punk popping up, and again, there's been some controversy between CM Punk and Jungle Boy, we don't know if Punk has been suspended after the whole, and again, this is all a ledge of CM Punk and Jungle Boy having a confrontation backstage and whatever the crap made have happen there. We don't know if Punk has been suspended. We don't know if Jungle Boy's been suspended. Nobody knows of anything, but I think Punk might pop up and beat up technically on Ricky Starks and we might get a Ricky versus CM Punk strap match at All Out. I'm going to go with CM Punk because CM Punk beating Ricky Starks in Chicago. It's not going to hurt Ricky and the Chicago crowd is going to love CM Punk. And if we don't get any CM Punk on All Out, I have a feeling we're going to get some CM Punk chance throughout the rest of the night and it's not going to look good on AEW to be, uh, to be honest with you. It's not going to look good on them. Because again, nobody knows if he's suspended, not suspended. And the Chicago crowd, they are really, really vicious. They really, really want what they want. And when they want CM Punk, since you have CM Punk on your roster, best believe people are going to be chanting CM Punk. So I hope AEW management can figure that out by tonight on collision. So by Sunday, you'll know what's gonna happen. But we'll have to wait and see. Now With that all being said, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. Just know you will be getting a Sunday episode still with the news that I'd cover, but you will be getting a review of Payback and All Out on Monday. So you'll be getting an episode of both of those events on that one episode. Just wanted to let you guys know what's going on with that. So with all that being said, I hope you guys have a great Saturday hope you guys are careful Hope you guys take care of yourself please be safe this is labor day weekend a lot of people are out there on the road so please be safe don't be a dick to anyone have a great weekend you'll hear from me again as i said on sunday and if you don't hear from me then you'll hear from me on monday with the pay-per-view reviews and if not you'll hear from me again on wednesday with the midweek uh breakdown so with all that being said i love you all i thank you please be okay please be safe and I'll check you guys later. Just give me the reason every day is to see some elite bit. Well, thought out strategic, staring in the mirror.